Welcome to Creators Revival, where we talk about all things creativity, branding, and marketing. I am your host, Kendall Mason, and welcome to the next episode of the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for getting involved in this week's episode. Uh, Super excited to have you listening and having you here uh, with me today. We're here on episode number 15. Yeah, the big one five. But here we're actually going to talk about brand identity. Exactly what is a brand identity, which is different from a logo. Now, some people say that, or it's often mistaken that a brand identity is a logo. That is not a brand identity, not by even the stretch of an imagination. That's like saying, scooping a cup of water, a cup of of water from the ocean and saying, oh, I have the entire ocean in this glass. No, that's a brand identity is huge. And there's a lot of components that are involved in developing a brand identity. Now, brand identities are require a lot of planning, a lot of research, a lot of understanding, a lot of reading, a lot of investigating and taking notes and watching and seeing the entire gamut of a company and looking into not only the company, but the products and services that it offers, as well as a look into the actual, the customers and even talking to the customers themselves to figure out or to learn what is it about that company that people are resonating resonating with. Um, it's looking at different touch points. It's looking at different systems that they have in place and what makes that company unique, looking at their processes, looking at everything from the wardrobes to the interior design to all the vehicle wraps um, to all the decals to everything, the embroideries on uniforms, all of these, even phone calls, how the phone calls are handled and greetings, all of that plays a part into the brand identity itself. And a brand identity takes a collection of unassociated elements and it makes them cohesive. It takes all these different desperate things that are not associated or they're not connected under a singular voice and that voice then becomes solidified. It takes all that information and it solidifies the voice so that it's actually easier to be remembered and have much more of a sustaining impact over the long term. It takes a long time to build a brand, but a brand identity is actually a shorter process because now what we're doing is we're taking all that information and we're making it so that it's easy to see, it's easy to, to immediately identify because of the nature of all the associated products that have that singular voice to kind of bring everything to this solid cohesion. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. But everything gets, all these individual elements get brought together into a universal system, into whole systems that work with each other to tell and narrate a story or create a unique 
and understandable experience. Um, the brand actually contributes to being recognized. It differentiates itself from other brands in the marketplace, and there are a lot of brands in the marketplace. So this really helps to kind of solidify that. And it also it also creates clarity of meaning. It makes sure that the things that it is saying, it's clear, it's accurate, it's precise, it's understandable. It's not getting confused or messed up by anything else. It's all coming together in such a way that it makes sense that the bigger picture is brought down. It's brought down from this big convoluted abstract ideal into something solid. And the reason why I keep saying that because I want you to get it. I'm trying to say this as many different ways as I can. So maybe it'll click with you on some level or another. So when an idea or a business is combined when it's being put together with a sensory attribute, sight, hearing, touch, smell, taste, that can be identified. Remember the Pepsi challenge? The Pepsi challenge is where you could, they blindfolded people, which is great. They went out into the marketplace. They went out on the streets, basically. They set up a table and they poured, they had these three glasses that all had soda pop in them. It was all dark colored soda pop and they had them labeled A, B, and C. And what they had was there was two other, we'll call them mystery boxes. So you have two boxes with question marks on them. And what they did was they set up and they asked passerbys if they would be willing to take the Pepsi challenge. And sure enough, people were like, yeah, we'll take the challenge. So the guest would say, all right, well, go ahead and taste these and tell me which one that you prefer the most. So the participant would say, okay. So they taste one. Hmm. It's pretty good. All right. Now let's taste the other ones. And they would taste it. Hmm. Okay. This is, uh, this is all right. It's not as good as the first one. And they would try the third one. Hmm. Oh, wow. This was actually better than the other two. And then the host would say, would ask, all right, so which one do you think it is? Do you think it's Coke or do you think it's Pepsi? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Some guests some would even say, I don't drink Pepsi. I only drink Coke. Especially if you're in the South. We're here in Atlanta. Of course. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen. So they would do the reveal and nine times out of ten, they preferred Pepsi over Coke. And this isn't, this is an excellent branding strategy, but it was to show that, to allow people to trace, to trust their taste buds without the influence of external forces or marketing dollars or a huge advertising campaign. So that's, that's a power of creating an actual brand identity. And sometimes it can be even down to the kinesthetic, the way that something feels, Maybe a, maybe it's a certain quality of leather that plays a part in the brand identity. Maybe it's a smell. It's a distinct smell of a bakery that you go to in your neighborhood. You can smell it from blocks away. That is also part of the identity 
of a brand. And yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot that there's a huge gamut that a brand identity can play into. Typically, when we think of brand identity, we do think of the visual. That's the most common referenced association when it comes to dealing with the brand. And I wanted to tell those stories about using the olfactory and the kinesthetic is because those are something, those are things that are often overlooked. But in this case, we're really going to focus primarily on the visual aspects of what a brand identity is. So usually like on an average day, I mean with social media, with cell phones, billboards, I'm not going to say TV ads. I'm not even sure who watches TV anymore. I don't watch TV anymore. I can't remember the last time I deliberately sat down, maybe three years ago. That's when I sat down to deliberately watch TV. And, you know, that was that was just, you know, happenstance. But aside from that, like I, I, I don't watch TV. I just don't. I like to read. I like to learn. I like to try different things. But um, TV has never been one of those things that I've never been like a huge like advocate for doing. So when it's designed, when, when these businesses and when an idea or business is combined with the interest of design and creativity, it's that essence of emotion. And when it gets charged with that, that's what, that's what really permeates. That's what puts deep inside that attributes and the attribution of the actual brand and the branding process, and then identity gets infused over time, and it becomes memorable, it becomes trusted, it becomes adored, and even loved, and even defended against. When you think of big companies like Nike, or Apple, or even Disney, those are companies that have huge advocates, and you can't take that away from them. That's massively huge. That's something that took that takes a long time. And even smaller companies can use the same strategies to get the same results. But on an average day, as we're looking at our cell phones and billboards and other advertisements, I mean, we're looking at over 5,500 impressions that we're getting put in. Even when you're driving and you're seeing, you know, car logos or like billboards or other some dude on the side of the street flipping a sign. All of that is just media that we're being bombarded with. And it's not going to let up anytime soon. Is it going to get worse? Possibly. I mean, with augmented reality, with the way that things are going, potentially in AR. I'm not a huge AR guy. I'm not, I haven't, that basically means I haven't dived into it. But I can only imagine at a point where we have those contacts in our eyes and things get broadcasted to us in our own homes, like things that we're just we glance at and all of a sudden we're getting advertisements based on things we just glanced at. And then you, now you're seeing it in your reality all the time until you decide to shut it off or block it. So and it's it's that's like right around the corner. If not, it's at the next step. But brands help cut through the noise and clarify choices no matter the industry that you're in. So that's the unique modifier of having a brand is that it will help your customers make a choice or having a brand identity will help your customers make a choice and it'll help you cut through the noise, especially when you're scrolling through feeds 
or when your customers are scrolling through feeds, you'll be able to look and see what are different things that your customers are interested in based on the choices that they have and what they choose consistently based on their own personal interests. So we have tools on social media, on Facebook, um, on what the Google, and you can use Google Analytics, you can use Facebook ads and looking at that data and just seeing what it is that people are actually valuing, what they're moving toward. And by watching and listening to see what they're doing, yeah, you can then position yourself to get the best possible result. And the great thing about it is that now we can test things. You don't have to try something. You're not stuck. You're not fixated into it. And if it doesn't work, you can try something else. Some of these tools will even make suggestions. They'll look at things for you and they'll realize, hey, you've created five ads, but people are only responding to one of them. We'll go ahead and we'll push that ad more and we'll let you know, hey, this is the ad that people are responding to. So that way you can change up anything on the back end of whatever platform you push them toward, whether it be um, on location or off-site to, to make sure that you're getting the most out of your dollars. So that's a huge benefit that we have right now is that we can use that data, use that information to really push the direction that we want to go in um, within our campaigns. Let's see. I know we've got some more stuff going on here. I've got about notes. I, it's just easier for me to have notes. Especially we have this much information. <laughs> So what is branding? We talked about what is a brand. We've talked about what is a brand identity. But what exactly is branding? Sounds much more like a verb than it does an adjective. So branding, that's a process. Branding is a continuous process, unlike a singular act. And it builds awareness and retains the loyalty of a customer, sometimes over a course of a lifetime. And that's huge impressions that end up getting built in and end up getting added in based on the amount of just exposure that that brand's actually getting. Just the overall exposure, all the stuff that's coming along with it, all the things that it's getting, all the things that it's being made for, all of that gets actually pushed in. And that information is just it's it's massive and it takes a long time because our brains are actually very very resilient so it requires a lot of patience it requires a lot of patience to actually build a brand it's not going to happen overnight yeah there are people that have their own lifestyle brand but yeah i mean they're not i mean it's they're not really adding i want to say that they're not adding any value but a lot of people aren't adding any value a lot of people are just that, hey, buy my book. Hey, sign up for my course. Hey, buy my program. And I get it. Like, there's a sales component to it. But if that's all, if I scroll through your Facebook feed and every other post is you trying to sell something, then the chances of me sticking around or actually paying attention are going to be slim. And it's nothing personal. It's not that I don't like you. It's like, well, it seems that every, it's like you, you can, you can sense it when people are withholding information and they're just trying to sell you something. It's like, just tell me what I want to hear and I'll listen to you more. But if I notice that you're not, that you're, he that you're, you're, you're hesitating, you're holding something back and you're leading me on 
with a bunch of catchphrases and things that sound really fluffy and airy-fairy, but you're not telling me exactly what it is that I wanted to hear, people can sense that and their loyalty will drop. It will begin to wane over time. So just give it a thought to try to be patient and persistent um, when when adding in content. And it's like the, the willingness at the end of the day, you have to pay dividends to add that value in advance. So that's the that's a part of the branding. It's willing to pay the dividends by adding value in advance. And when you add value in advance with the with the expectation of nothing in return, I mean zip, then you'll feel good because you're like I gave and I didn't even want anything from it. And that just I mean it it boosts you up and when a, we live in a world where everyone's consuming things and they're not willing to give anything in return. I mean, you'll like, even if it's not that person, just the act of doing it and building that momentum and making that a natural part of your character or a natural part of your business. That is something that, I mean, you really can't quantify. I mean, the magnitude of the effects of that, even the impact, just one person, then you've already done your job. But branding is about using every single moment to help people know why you should be their first choice in fulfilling any of their needs. You're giving them a reason to make you the first choice. You're being top of mind. You're adding so much value to people that it's inconceivable for them to go with anybody else. Or if they do, they're second guessing. Because when they think of something specific, a specific need they have, automatically you're the first person that they think of. It's automatic. They act. They don't even think about it. Sometimes they might even catch themselves reacting to the projection that they have of you. I've heard stories of people reacting to projections that they have of other people or people reject reacting to the projections that they have of another brand, whether you have like a lifestyle brand or a business or you're a coach or you are a chef and that's powerful. That's insanely powerful. So that's something that you can leverage. That's the idea. The idea of branding is to be at the top of mind by repeatedly adding value. It could be through pictures. It could be through text messages. It can be through an audio program. It can be through video. It doesn't matter. The idea is to keep adding value and understanding what it is that the other people value, and then in return, that's when you go ahead and you add in the value of, or you get that value fed back to you in that loop over time. A passion to lead, outpace, outmaneuver, and outdeliver are benefits of having a solid reason to brand effectively. I'll say that again. A passion to lead, outpace, outmaneuver, and outdeliver are benefits of having a solid reason to brand effectively. There's no way that your competition will be able to catch you if you are going at your own pace and you already know where you're going. You run your own race. And when you do that, when you're running your own race, you're trying different things out, you're figuring out what's your temperament, what works best for you, as well as what your audience is responding to, then there's no way... There's no way that your competition can can really affect you. The way that I see it, here's the way that I see a few, one specific thing regarding competition. 
I don't have any competition. Zero. None. I have no competitors. Now, I have influencers. I have models. I have people that I can glean and I can learn from, but I have zero competitors. Because if you do something that's working, I'm going to steal it. Like, it's true. If you do something that I like, I'm going to steal it. It's, it's true. So in that regard, I don't have any competitors. Because all I'm doing is simply finding people to model from. So, and I'm going to use, put my own spin on it anyway. That's just kind of the way that, you know, that I work. And I mean, I learned, I learned that from reading books on other mentors. It's like, you can model from people who are winning. And as long as you're doing that, but you're, and you're true to yourself, you will never have any competition. Yeah. People will make choices. Some people will make choices to go with somebody else just because of the way they look. I remember once I went to a networking event. And there was, it was me, it was, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people there, but there, they were basically kind of going around in a circle, you know, saying, you know, this is what we, this is my name. This is where I'm from. This is what I do. You know, that whole spiel, that basically getting to know you spiel. And I went there and, um, there were three other designers that were there, three other graphic designers that were there, graphic designers, web designers, UX, UI design. And, um, like one of the guys like, Hey, yeah, my name is, you know, Rick, we'll call him. And, um, and I'm a graphic designer. I have my own business. I do like web design as well and stuff too. So, you know, feel free to, you know, get in contact with me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got it. And then there was another, a girl who was there. She was younger than both of us. And, uh, she was like, yeah, Hey, my name is Emily. We'll call her. And, uh, and I'm, I'm a graphic designer and I, I have my own business and, you know, or I work by name of my company is, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever. All right, cool. And, um, and then it came to me and I was like, Hey, yeah, my name is Kendall. Um, uh, my company's Giftbox creative. We do brand identity development, graphic design, um, web design and marketing. And then, so, so and I think I was one of, one of the last people to go. So we had gotten a break to basically go and kind of like talk to kind of like, you know, just mingle and talk to every, everyone around. And, um, Here's what's interesting, and if, I'm not going to lie, for a second, it confused me. A lot of people, I mean a lot, noticeably a lot, they immediately gravitated to her. They immediately just went to her. It was like, hey, yeah, I need a graphic designer. I need you know websites. I need, and I've, I've, even some people were like, wait, was it that you do again? Oh, yeah, I need that, right? So that confused me. I, I, was, I was like, okay, this probably, she's probably, this has to be, Either, either a well-known company or some kind of like rep that she's working with or something like that. Even if it was her company, I was just like, all right, cool. But it, it seemed by the amount of people that were going there, it's like, okay, there's probably a larger company that she works in with or a team or whatever. I'm like, with me, it's just me. So I got her card. All right, cool. No big deal. Um, and I went home and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and look up this company. I go, I pull up the website and I kid you not, the only thing that was there was it was a single page website that didn't scroll. So which means it was only had only con all the content was above the fold for all the UX UI guys out there. And it had a really, really cheesy illustration. Like it wasn't a very good illustration. I'm not even gonna front about it. I'm not gonna lie to you. It 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 just it looked amateurish. It didn't look very good. And it had contact information like a phone number, email address and, I, and the name of the company, um, I can't remember the name of it right now. And like that was it. No portfolio, 
no, there's no, there was no content on there. There was no work, no examples, no nothing. Not even, not even uh, templates of anything. You know, because some companies will use templates. There was nothing. I and I, I at first I, I was like, okay, my head hurts. But then I thought about it. I was like, maybe, maybe they messed up. Maybe I messed up. I messed up. They didn't mess. Well, at that time I thought, okay, well they made a bad decision. But then now I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I messed up. Maybe I didn't sell myself well. So point being is that you never really know exactly what it is that that your competition will have or who you might deem as competition or as a competitor or as someone who, who garners more attention for whatever reason. So it's easy to... I guess play that part when it like behaviorally, but you still have to execute. You still have to do the work. You still have to spend time adding value. You still have to still have to spend time growing and learning and training. But I'm gonna go ahead and get off my soapbox on that topic. But let's go ahead and talk about the different types of branding because there are different types of branding that can be utilized. And so, um, one of the types of branding that's available is to brand an actual country. When you think of America or China or Russia or Germany or Brazil, these companies are branded based on the culture, the collective culture of everyone involved. So there is, there's, there's, there's that type of branding when it comes to uh, attracting tourists and getting visitors or even getting people to move there. America has done a pretty good job at branding itself because people aren't exactly looking to escape America. They're looking to move to America. So apparently America's doing a very good job when it comes to branding ourselves and having a really, really strong economy, which helps with the brand, the idea of freedom, of being able to come to America and do anything you want. The land of the free, the home of of the brave. Next we have, which is super popular, personal branding. And the personal branding is the, it's really about the individual. It's really about your reputation and how your reputation is being carried throughout the marketplace. And the better your reputation is, the better that you're holding yourself, the better that you are being responsible about how you're presenting yourself as long as you're living to your truth. That's what I mean by being responsible. By being and holding into who you actually are, then the better chance that you're going to have of actually making making that impression that you want to have into the marketplace and being known for something specific. You can pick two or three things or you can pick like one thing. It doesn't really matter. I don't wouldn't say that one is better than the other, but just talk about things that you know or represent yourself in a way that you would be proud of because you're, the integrity of who you are is, is being consistent no matter how it is that you're showing up and you always want to show up. Next, we have digital branding. Obviously, digital branding, things like uh, commerce, search and optimization, social media, um, all of that is is a part of the the digital branding, 
even I'm not sure how you can brand using a texting, but I'm pretty sure there's a way to do it. I know in emails you can you can brand yourself. There's certain words that you can actually use. Certain even your vocabulary or the topics that you like to talk about that can be represented and leveraged into an actual solid brand. So that's something else that can be used. So it's not just the the brand isn't just like your logo or your color scheme or the typography. There's a there's a other components and other elements and other touch points that as we discussed earlier um, that fall into that. So just kind of want I just kind of want to reiterate that just briefly. Next we have branding for an actual cause. So you have things like for example. We'll use the, the most obvious and most biggest one that's happened recently. That would be the Me Too movement, the hashtag Me Too movement, or the Black Lives Matter movement. Those are two extremely huge examples of cause branding, of branding for a cause for something that's a massive movement of something that people actually believe in and they support on a massive level simply because the impact of the nature of of those things are just that important. They're just that important to us that we have to find, we end up finding a way to to use that to make sure that whatever it is that that's going on in the world, that we're saying something about it, that we're being advocates for it, that we are defending those in need and we are supporting our troops um, and you know, making sure that people who are doing corrupt things in the office you know, are being pulled out. So that's cause branding. It's aligning your brand with a charitable cause or, or social responsibility. You can do that with your brand. You can have your own company or your own brand stand for something more than just a product. It can be a cause or a movement or protecting animals or saving the environment or um, recycling um, or donating to charity or feeding the homeless. That's something that moves you on an emotional and that's something, granted, on top of having financial rewards of your business getting customers, you can have so many things that will, will, that will cause you to grow and perpetuate personal fulfillment on a very humanistic level because now you're doing something that's emotionally rewarding on a massive scale and not just the actual financial return of what's going on um, in in the market. So that's just something to consider. And last but not least, we, least, we have co-op, co-op branding. Um, this happens, I've had experience dealing with co-op branding in the automotive space, in the automotive sector. So when you have co-op branding, you usually have two or more companies that are working with each other to um, to create um, either a newer entity um, or partnering with another brand to increase awareness or reach. And when you partner with someone, especially if they're bigger than you, so for example, a great co-op branding would be with social media influencers. So people who are big in the social media space and they have a huge influence, you can co-op with them, ask them to show your product 
in or take a picture with it or put it in their video, that's a part, that's an example of co-op branding. And right now, there's never been a greater opportunity if you are an influencer to take advantage of that or if you're aspiring to be an influencer to take advantage of that because that's something that's never, we've never seen anything like this before in the history of the world where it's so easy to go in, post them, we'll use Instagram, for example, because it's probably one of the biggest platforms next to YouTube um, for for co-op branding, but yeah, I mean, you can definitely pick up the phone or, you know, send that DM, uh, send a couple of DMs and some money <laughs> to them to make sure that they are actually, you know, worth their their salt and helping you getting the results that it is that you're after um, within that market. So that's the, the a few of the things that we wanted to talk about regarding branding itself. Nothing. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will ever take the place of persistence. When you are persistent in whatever it is that you're doing, you will find a way to win. You have to take chances. You have to take risks. It won't always be easy, but when you do and you take that first step, I guarantee you, you feel like you were walking on water. And that's just what I've experienced. It's just taking that first step. And trusting that the round will not give way. Emotional branding is a cocktail. Um, it's a cocktail of uh, anthropology, imagination, sensory experiences, a visionary approach to change. It's all about change. It's all about imagination. It's all about having these sensory experiences to infuse into the aspects of the emotion. A lot of things... A lot of marketers, a lot of advertisements, specifically advertising, not marketing, advertising and advertisers are very, very good at pulling those emotional strings to getting you to feel a certain way about their product. And that's like it's it's it works. It's cool. I mean, people love to feel good. I love to feel good. People want to feel excited. They want to feel entertained or they want to feel something from you. Not just the same thing that you're doing like day in and, and day out, the mundane thing they experience. And they want to be swept off their feet and in, in taking on an emotional joy ride. And that's something about being jovial or having a good spirit or you know picking up someone out of a slump they may be feeling by just smiling or saying, hey, how you doing? And really caring about that person. And, and just listening to them and understanding them and smiling and asking, you know, how was your day? How'd your day go today? Did it go good? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you're going to school? Oh, nice. What are you studying? Oh, that is so wonderful. What got you into that? Is it something you've always wanted to do? It's just being interested in the other person. It's, and it doesn't always come naturally to everyone. It doesn't always come naturally to me. I've got to sometimes, sometimes I get in a rut and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I, I, we have those moments. I get it. But man, when you get on a roll where you're just that beaming light, when you're a beaming light, that is probably one of the, the greatest feelings. And if you can sustain that, then kudos because that's something that I think we need a lot more in the world is is that light, is being that beacon. 
And that is actually a part of personal branding. You can be the person that just brightens everybody's day. It's like, hey, this person's cool. I don't like being around them just because they make me feel better. They brighten my day. And then that makes me know that everything I'm doing is for, isn't for naught. So there's a few things that would help to create a better brand identity. One is to actually understanding the customer. I've talked about this in a couple of videos. It's, it's a lot of it is just taking time to just ask, well, what is it that you want? What is it that drives you? What are you afraid of? Um, what are you interested in? What's something, what's something you've always been curious about that no one's, no one's answered yet? What's a question that keeps coming up among, among the, the people that are in your circle or the customers that you are trying to reach? What's a need that they have that's not being met? What is it? What's this need that they have that's not being met and they're hungry for it and they want somebody to give them the answer or they want somebody to do this for them. They want somebody to take action. What is it? Once you figure that out, you can ask, you can go on websites like LinkedIn and the Q&A form. You can go to Quora, which is a huge, it's an amazing resource if you're looking for questions that people need help with that you can then answer via video or audio or written word or whatever whatever suits your fancy whatever um outlet is is best for you to to express that but that's something that i've looked into to find certain questions that people were asking repeatedly and they'll have the amount of views the amount of replies and you can get a real sense on how you can actually answer questions for your community, or you can just dive right in and be like, hey, what's something you guys want to know? What do you want me to talk about? What are some questions that you have? What's an issue that you've been having what's related to you know this topics I've been talking about or not that I could potentially help you with? It's just going in and just asking and, um, and, and listening for what that is. But um, another way is to innovate when trying to create a brand identity. Innovation is a process of improving something. It's improving either the way that something works, the way that something is perceived, or the way that it actually solves a specific problem. So innovation is key. And it doesn't, I mean, innovations don't have to be massive. It can be a small little tweak. You don't have to do this huge, massive overhaul. Okay, we're gonna strip everything down and start completely over from scratch. That's not necessary to innovate. Now, at times it can be handy, but it's not always necessary in order to be done. So that's just something to take into account that you can make these little minor tweaks on something that you're doing, and then that creates a sense of innovation. As long as you're creating these little incremental improvements, then yeah, I mean, hands down, you'll have that in the bag as long as you're working with it and doing whatever you can to improve it on some kind of level. Um, branding by delivering more valuable messages to your customer. Valuable messages. That's the key word right there are valuable messages. What's something that your customers want answered and how can you deliver that succinctly or simply or as many if it's really simple and you're just trying to create variations on the same narrative what are ways that you can do that 
There's so many ways that you can use to deliver the same message as we had talked about earlier. And it's it's exploring, it's trying many different things. There's free content out there, the free resources. You can use Google, you can use YouTube, you can read articles, you can listen to podcasts. It's just like we're, we're literally right now, we're literally living. This is the greatest time in history to be alive, I think, in my opinion. Now, I knew that the renaissance was going to be here. I thought it was going to be like a U.S. renaissance. Like, okay, America's going to have to have a renaissance. The Italians had a renaissance. The Americans are going to have to have a renaissance. It turns out that the renaissance has become global. It's not just local now. We are in a global renaissance. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's all butterflies and rainbows. There's still some crazy things that are happening in the world. Unfortunately, there's some really bad things that are happening. But aside from that, we have access to everything. All information that you need access to, we have that. And so if there's something that you need, you can go and you can find it if you're willing to just dig for it. Or if there's something that you want to achieve, you can learn how to do it. You might suck at it at first. In fact, I mean, unless you're naturally talented at one thing, then yeah, you're, you're probably going to suck at it at first. It's just normal. You know, it's just <laughs> normal for us not to be good at things that we haven't tried before. So it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly okay. But the idea is to, is that, yeah, you can find answers to just about everything online. So now we're just in a place where we're able to just to make amazing things um, and learn just about anything we want. If you suck at cooking, you can go and take a cooking class or you can, you know, watch YouTube videos to learn how to make, you know, scrambled eggs. So we have that information. We have these tools. We have these resources that we can lean on. Just go ahead and, and utilize it. But you can use that information to regurgitate um but you want to also want to combine your own experiences too like i don't just mean like steal things and then and and put it out but that's also a great area too because there's, because there's so much content out there if i take one content and change forms is it now different that's a completely different topic i'm not going to get into that but um even with this podcast like just I'm, as I'm learning things, I'm sharing things, but I'm also sharing things that I'm sincerely interested in. So it's not just me, you know, learning something and then, you know, just regurgitating that. There's a lot of experience that I have in the things that I'm talking about. So I was, there, hell, there was even a period where I was going to start talking about what was it like dating, like dating and relationships. And I could have done it. I could have done it. I have a plan. I've got a system. I've got had a way to you know generate revenue. I've had a way to set up conferences. But I asked myself, is this my true north? Is this something I would be proud of if at the end of the day I died and that's all I had left to give? Would I be proud to leave that on the table? Would that I like that to be the the identity, the brand? that I would want to leave once I'm gone. And I said, that's not me. That's not a part of my, that's not my reality. That's not something that I would be proud. I'm an artist. That's my DNA. I'm extremely analytical, but I'm an artist at the same time. I'm an artist first. So that became kind of like my guidepost in making decisions about 
what kind of content I want to share, how I want to add value, and what forms I want to add value in. Trying this podcast and you know doing videos and stuff, it's all experiments. It's all experimentation. I'm, all, I'm trying different things to see what's going to work and find ways to ma- also maximize my time because it's, it's just it's just me. I don't have like a huge staff of like 15 or, you know, 50 employees, let alone, you know, 800. So, so yeah, I have to maximize my time. I have to know what it is that I want, because if I, I'm like, if I choose in the future that I want to scale, then I have to decide, okay, where can I bide my time? But that's neither here nor there. We're getting off topic, but yeah. So these make sure that that you're delivering, that you're branding by delivering valuable messages to your customers. Because we get bombarded, like I said earlier, with so many ads, millions, if not hundreds of thousands of ads per day that we, uh, parts of our minds will just shut it off completely. And we won't even think about it. It's like, we'll just shut it down. It's an ad. I'm not thinking about it, whatever. But if someone asked us a question or they answered something that we have been thinking subconsciously in our mind, then we'll pay attention because you're like, wait a minute, I was just thinking about that. I wonder what he has to say about it. And then they hear something that causes them to to come to a realization or an aha moment where everything kind of clicks. And it may not have made sense before. They may have heard it, you know, five or ten times from their buddies, but they're it's, a, it's like, oh, these are my homies. I want to brush it off, whatever. But when they're when they finally hear it and they finally and it comes, you said it in such a way or you wrote it in such a way or you shot the video in such a way with dynamic lighting or background music or whatever, or the moment of time that the person was listening to it, for some reason, they just got it. It just made sense and they made a decision to act or to stop doing that action that they were doing. And that's where the key is coming in to where to where they, your branding is now becoming much more penetrable and much more effective compared to just running an ad. And I would say do both. Go go for the ask, but you also have to find a ways to keep adding value no matter what form it takes, whether you're using your cell phone to shoot a video instead of like, an, you don't need an HD camera because we're all looking at things in our phones anyway. Um, you don't need a professional, a professional setup. You don't need any of that stuff. If you want to record a podcast, you can use anchor. If you want to record a video, you can just use your phone and upload it to LinkedIn or YouTube. You can take, um, the information in your phone and send it to be transcribed. And if you don't like to type, like I hate typing, I like to write, like I'll write things by hand, but as far as like typing, forget it. I hate typing. I hate texting. I mean, like I'd rather just talk into it, but that still needs some work. Um, so, so yeah, figure out what it is that works for you to, on, on how to create the actual branding experience and find ways to deliver and add value as you're actually building your brand, continue to build, to do the branding as well as get clear on the components of the brand identity based on all the different touch points that will be involved within your company from business cards to your email footer to t-shirts to stickers. It's all just, it's a slow process of building up, just doing what you can, just chopping it up 
taking a massive project and chunking it down into measurable parts or edible parts so you can slowly take that trip that you need to to make sure that you get um, where you need to be just one step at a time. So anyhow, that is it for today's episode. Um, Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to go ahead and send me an email at get what is it? giftboxcreative at gmail.com yeah i still haven't gotten the at giftboxcreative i'll we'll get that soon don't worry um or you can hit me up on linkedin twitter instagram if you like this feel free to share it with your family share it with your friends your co-workers maybe someone who, who needs to hear this maybe you know someone who who's actually building a brand or built or starting a company and they maybe just need some motivation or a word of advice or some clarity in making sense um, on how to differentiate themselves from everyone who's doing the things that just aren't working or they're or someone's being lazy and you know just they just don't understand. They just don't understand. They just they really don't. But I hope you found this valuable. If so, leave comments. Like, let me know whether you found this valuable or not. And um, yeah, and I look forward to engaging with you guys again soon. Um, like, subscribe, and follow. And just remember, the light at the end of the tunnel may be you. Take care.